Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right. Hey, let's get ready for the word. Open up your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to Proverbs 24 for me. We're kicking off a new series called Family Circus. And I've been really excited about this one. I felt the leading of the Lord to, to, to start the fall with a family type series. Uh, a number of reasons for me, just for us here. Uh, just really felt it was time to just dig in as families and see what uh, God wants to do through his word in our hearts and lives. Uh, we live in a, in a world that, that seemingly bees, is attacking the family. Uh, family dynamics are changing and things as we know them to be. And so we need to stay steady and constant in the word. Amen? Because the word is where we find the greatest blessing. The word is where we find provision. It's where we find help. It's in God's word. So we need to apply the word to every area of our life, especially in families. Now, I know that there's a lot of different family dynamics represented here, but you know God knew that, so he created principles and truths that would transcend every family dynamic. Amen? And so don't check out on me this morning if you have a different family dynamic than perhaps what we'd say the traditional or whatever that might look like. Stay locked in because God's word holds true and power through all of history, eternity, and every situation and every dynamic, especially in families and marriages. So we're going to address some of those things through the course of the series. Now you're probably wondering, Family Circus, and I, and I was trying to find something that would be an appropriate title. I don't guess I'm very good at titles, but I, I didn't plan to get up here. If you come expecting me like, to juggle or something like that, you know, I'm not going to do that. Uh, uh, Pastor Ken was trying to get me and juggle chainsaws. I thought that wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, not, not, not good. He wanted to throw knives at me. I said, no, that's not, I don't know that that's a circus act. But anyway, so we, re- we really wanted to uh, find some things that we would give you and be blessed you, just to bless you, just to remember the principles we talked about. One of my favorite things is animal crackers. I don't know. That's kind of silly. It's one of my favorite uh, snacks. So we have bags of animal crackers. I know they say zoo on there, so just overlook that, right? We couldn't get enough of those little boxes that looked like circus cars. But anyway, so we got some animal crackers back there, animal cookies, whatever that is, and just enjoy that. But the hope is there'll be things that you'll associate the message with that'll bring back to your remembrance when you have those moments with your family and know that God's word is true and it's always alive and active. You just need to engage with it. I don't want to keep this up there, but I'll give it to you, John. You look hungry. And uh, (laughs) so, amen. So, you know, the family circus, I just, I got to say that I started looking up things associated with, with circus. And I don't know how how many of you have ever been to a circus? How many have ever been to a circus? That's a lot of hands, really. That's awesome. It's been a long time. I think as a kid, we used to go to the circus up in the area that we lived at. It was always a, a, an incredible moment, a lot of fun, a lot of activity. Uh, so just, just for my own sake, I was doing some research, and I kept coming across the words three-ring circus. And the only time I really ever heard three-ring circus wasn't about a circus, it was about a family, right? It's like a three-ring circus in here or whatever. I mean, how you guys have heard that? Maybe it was just in my house growing up. I don't know. And that's because of my brother. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> but there's second services today in their new building. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. So I, it really, it seems like we hear the word circus anymore. It's not really associated with the circus. It's associated with family. And what's going on in here? So I looked up Three Ring Circus. I thought it would be interesting to see what it was said in different kind of online dictionaries or however that works. And I found a couple interesting uh, definitions, if you will, from some sites. Let me read those for you. Maybe one of these will describe your family. Three Ring Circus, a situation of extreme chaos or confusion or a situation out of control. All right, don't raise your hand if that just identified your family. A situation characterized by confusing, engrossing, or amusing activity. And then the last one I wrote down was something spectacular, tumultuous, because I just think that's a fun word to say, tumultuous, entertaining, or full of confused activity. 
Now, we probably just really did describe most, if not all, of our families in that three-ring circus definition. So the title of my message today is Managing Your Three-Ring Circus. And uh, I thought about different things like under the big top, but then I thought maybe we're just talking about service here, right? <laughs> and then I thought the greatest show on earth, maybe that would have been a, a, a better title. And really, that's the truth, right? Your family is really the greatest show on earth. And God has a lot to say because of that. And so he wants your family to thrive and, and do well in everything in life, no matter what the dynamic of your family looks like. God is still God and he's still for you. And you know this, you know what? God is still for families. Yeah. And God will always be for families. And so Proverbs 24.3 gives us a great launching point. I want to give you uh, five things to help manage your three-ring circus. We're going to look at some biblical wisdom to get us started today. I'm going to read this out of the New Century Version translation. There's a lot of translations out there. I really like the wording in it. So let's take a look. Proverbs 24.3 says this. It takes wisdom. Say wisdom. Wisdom to have a good family. And it takes understanding. Say understanding understanding to make it strong. And isn't that what we all want? We want a good family and we want a strong family. And we need that. And everybody in here would say, that's my heart, that's my desire. In order for us to achieve that, if you will, or to get that, then it's going to take wisdom and understanding. So we have ideas about what that might sound like, what's wisdom and defining wisdom and understanding. Let me share a few things with you. Uh, When we talk about wisdom, we're talking about having the power to judge what is true or right. Having the power to judge what is true or right. That's, that's the definition of wisdom. Or in one word, we'd say discernment in life. And we need that. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit. But we need to grow in wisdom or having the power to judge what is true and right. And then it's different, therefore, than just training and instruction. So understand something. You need to go and get all the information that you can, but you can't substitute anything for the word of God. So the word of God is the book of wisdom, if you will. And so uh, we need to grow on our wisdom. And so there's instruction and training that'll be beneficial and blessing to you, but you need to be tapping into God's wisdom. Amen? And so then the word understanding, what that means is having the power or position to apply what you comprehend. Having the power or position to apply what you comprehend. So let's reread that scripture in light of these definitions as we get started. Proverbs 24, 3. Let's read it this way then with those two definitions. The fear of the Lord, the reverential respect of God, gives the ability to know what is true and what is right, and knowledge of the Holy One. I'm sorry, I got ahead. Actually, let's take a look at Proverbs 9.10. I'm sorry. I just was rereading Proverbs 9.10. Now, in order for us to fully understand that passage of scripture, we need to find some supporting scripture, or we need to let the Bible define the Bible. Amen? I mean, we don't let man define the Bible. Come on. We let the scripture define the scripture. So here's what it says about wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. We just read that in Proverbs 24. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And so now let me read this scripture in line of our definitions of wisdom and understanding. The fear of the Lord gives the ability to know what is true and what is right And knowledge of the Holy One gives you the power or position to apply what you comprehend. So that's a very powerful scripture right there, both those tied together and supporting each other. That we need to grow in the principles and truths of God's word to be able to discern what is right, what is true in life for our families to have a, back to 24-3, a good family. And then we need to position ourselves in order to do or apply what we comprehend, which is understanding for our families to be strong. 
So we need to walk out the word of God in our life to grow in wisdom with a respect for God and understanding, positioning ourselves through the Holy One to apply it to life. So basically, here's what what that means. It takes something from heaven to have a good family and a strong family. Amen? It takes something from heaven to have a good family and a strong family. And that is the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're going to go for, if you will, through the course of the series. So I want you to come back and participate with us. But understand that you won't have a strong family and a good family are not in the way that God intended unless you have God in the middle of it. You need some divine intervention. And we all would agree, especially in the world to live today. So let me give you five principles or truths out of the word of God that will help us grow in wisdom and understanding and be able to have the ability to know what's true, what's right, and to position ourselves to apply what we comprehend so we can have good, strong families. Let me give you number one. Here's the first thing in helping manage your three-ring circus. You will need authentic faith. Authentic faith. Now, that's interesting how to say that because I want to define that a little bit or describe that a little bit because I'm not just meaning going to church. And I'm not just talking about being a Christian because unfortunately in today's world, the Christian word, the word Christian has such a broad definition anymore. I think it almost encompasses everybody that's breathing. I mean, I think that's how it's used almost. And really in reality, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, You need to be a Christ follower not just a Christian, if you will, amen? And so we need to have authentic faith. That means we just don't have a relationship based on coming to church Sundays and Wednesdays. Come on. We're not here just to engage God on Sundays and Wednesdays. In fact, the reality is if that's all we're doing and the majority of Americans does that, then we are engaging with God three hours a week out of 168. How much can you grow in wisdom and understanding with three hours devoted to something other than 168? That's an impossibility. And so understand this, God's an everyday God, not just a Sunday, Wednesday God. He's every day, all day, 24-7, 365, amen? And he wants that type of relationship with you. He longs for that type of relationship with you. Simply put, you have to go all in, amen? You have to go all in. See, too many of us have a dating relationship with God. I'll pick you up Sunday morning, right? I'll come get you on Sunday morning, maybe Wednesday night. Hey, let's get together Wednesday night. What are you doing? I don't know. Let's hang out a little bit, God. And really, sadly, that's kind of the state of where where a lot of us find ourselves, but that will not position you for a strong family, won't position you for a good family, not according to the word. We need to go all in, and he will help you. He will speak to you in the middle of your chaotic, tumultuous, exciting, confusing situation. God will speak to you in the midst of your three-ring circus. If you're just a casual Christ follower, you miss out on an incredible, wonderful relationship that provides grace and strength for everything that you need in life, every single day. There's more to God than religion or casual Christianity, or let's say it this way, there's more to God than politically correct Christianity, which is not biblically correct Christianity more than cultural Christianity, which is the world's way to water down or bring compromise, which is not God's way. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. There's more to God than that. So it takes you and I to go all in. We need to be all in. In fact, James 4, 8 says, if you draw near to God or come near to God and he will come near to you, he is a responder. He's not a forcer. He is a filler. He's a responder. He will respond to you. And that's the best advice I can give you on families. Draw near to God. That's the best advice I can give you on your marriage. Draw near to God. Best advice I could give you on parenting, relationships, business, finance, whatever it is, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Nothing, and nothing works better than that strong, vibrant relationship. Proverbs 14, 26, the living Bible. 
Hard to find a living Bible translation. We got it on the screen, but I love it. And here's what it says. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength, great strength beyond his own natural strength. His children or her children, say children. Now listen to this. Have a place of refuge and security. What a powerful scripture that is. Now let's understand it for a minute. You're pressing into an authentic faith type of relationship with God. It gives you a strength beyond yourself And the great benefit of it is, and blessing of it is, it provides a safe place, a refuge, a security for your who? Children. Now listen to that. If you won't press into an authentic faith for yourself, do it for the sake of your kids. Come on. I need a bigger amen on that one. Do it for the sake of your kids. Now, don't get me wrong. You will benefit from it. As any time you draw near to God, he draws near to you. But you know what happens? He creates then. He helps you create a place of refuge and security. Now, I love that word place. You know what? Our homes should be a place of refuge and security. Our homes should be where our children long to come to. Our homes should be the place that when the storms of life are overwhelming and beating against them and blowing against them, they will run to that place of refuge and safety. And it will happen if you you press into God. And the reason why some of our homes are not that place and our children run from them, our children perhaps uh, despise them or don't long for them is maybe because we haven't pressed into an authentic faith with God. And that's not a condemning thing. That's a thing. Today's a day to start doing that then. God is the God of the now. But listen, there are so many things pulling on our kids and they need that, that, that safety, that security, that shelter, that refuge that a godly home can provide that comes from somebody, whoever is in that home, pressing in to an authentic faith type relationship with God. That's what we should be striving for and longing for. You know what? If nothing else, that's what our kids need, our children need. And we have so many people leaving, so many young people growing up and leaving church, et cetera, because they're not seeing it modeled. They're not experiencing those things. Do you want to manage the three-ring circus? I don't have time. I don't have, listen, this is the thing that needs to be a priority for you, is creating uh, authentic faith with God so you'll create, pro- provide environments under your big top where your children can come find a safe refuge and place. Let's take a look at Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself. Do what you want to do, but choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve whether the God or your ancestors from beyond. Listen, choose for yourself this day. That's the beauty of God. You can choose today. Let the past be the past, but choose today. Make a decision today to draw closer to God in authentic faith. It goes on to say this, the gods, the Amorites, in whom land you are living, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, amen? We will create safe environments in our home by pressing into an authentic relationship with God. Not a relationship through church on Sunday and Wednesday, not a relationship through the pastor, not a relationship through our good friends, but a personal, intimate relationship with God where we're pressing in and drawing on his deep strength and he's creating in and through us environments of safety security and refuge under our big top for our three-ring circus. Amen? God is a faithful God. Managing your three-ring circus, number two is going to take intentional schedules. Intentional schedules. Now, I love you, and I'm your pastor, and you will love me when we're done. You may not for the next few moments. Intentional schedules is one that we've, we've struggled, we fought as a family for a while. We've had to make some adjustments. And for all of you trying to juggle, this is probably the place, right? When we're talking about three-ring circus, you might feel like the juggler or the plate spinner. That might be. And I understand that. We live in a busy society. In fact, the things that are supposed to make our lives easier 
like smartphones and computers, really eventually just make it more busy. And sometimes when we ask people, how are you doing in life? This is where we've gone as a society. How are you doing in life? We don't even respond good, bad, or what. We respond busy. And sometimes we wear it kind of like a badge. And really, in reality, that means we have a problem. (laughs) And we need to find a way for intentional scheduling. In fact, when I look and talk to families that I admire and respect, that looks like they're doing well and things are going well by the fruit produced in their life, And I asked some other pastors in ministry, my wife and I go to to conferences, trying to get our act together, if you will, and figure out what we need to do, adjustments we need to make, because we're just trying to figure it out like everybody else. The thing that stands out the most in people that I would say would have successful families or model families that we want to pattern after are they are intentional schedulers. They know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And I kind of find out almost every time across the board, 100%, they're very intentional about what they did and did not do because time is valuable and needs to be guarded. You have to fight for family time. You have to fight for personal time. You have to schedule it. You have to fight for couch time where you're just hanging out and doing nothing but laughing and being silly, clowning around, right, under your big top. You have to find time that you have a movie night, right? It wasn't that long ago, about a week ago, that we, had, we have a king-sized bed, so all, the, all four of us piled on the bed. It was a little tight. All four of us piled on the bed and enjoyed a movie. I don't even remember what movie it was, but I remember the laughing and the discussions that we had as a family. But we had to fight for that. You have to fight for family time. You have to fight to turn off the TV, turn off the electronics uh, time. And really, honestly, I think we're losing the battle. And and I say that because of just observations and our own struggles at times, but let's let Cornell University, Cornell University, tell us how we're doing in America. According to Cornell University, the average father in America spends seven minutes a day with his kids. That's 49 minutes a week. That's less than one hour a week engaged personally with his kids. Cornell University study shows. We are shoving electronics into our kids and all those kind of things. And I'm not saying those are bad things. I'm saying that we need to manage our time better. And you can't even have a, the the art of conversation. I mean, what is conversation anymore? We don't know conversation outside of the context or usage of texting. (laughs) I know in my own home, sometimes we text each other. If I'm downstairs, I'll text my kids. Hey, what are you doing? Can you come come, come down here and do, right? Texting, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and I don't even know all the others that are out there, but there's hardly a conversation that we can have without engaging in some of those things. And honestly, you might, you might need to uh, cut down on a few things like even like sports and extracurricular activities. And I love sports and my kids were in sports, but we had to make a decision a couple years back and we had to cut some things. And I'm not telling you what to do, I'm telling you what we did, but we had to fight intentionally for scheduling in our home and we had to find a way. And I think it's important, we put a lot of pressure on, a lot of pressure on from extracurricular activities, et cetera, on an already busy schedule. And you know what I find most of the time gets eliminated? Church. It's usually the first thing cut. Or God time. And it shouldn't be that way. That should be the priority. That should be the non-negotiable. And we have to look at other things. But in order to manage well your three-ring circus and grow in wisdom and understanding, to have a good family, a strong family, there's some decisions that we need to make. Psalms 39, 6 says it this way, New Living Translation. We are merely moving shadows, ships passing in the night, and all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. Now listen, I'm a big, avid sports fan. I love my kids who are in sports. One of my daughters is a great softball player, the other a great basketball player. We had to make some adjustments in life. I know that they weren't gonna play in the professionals or the Olympics, 
but we enjoyed our time. I heard a pastor say this one time uh, from the pulpit. He's talking about uh, being overscheduled. He says, little Johnny's not going to play professional soccer. So don't put that pressure and time on him. Now, I think there's activities that are beneficial and blessing. But for you and your family, you're just going to have to pray and see, are there things you need to cut back on? And so there just might be. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in another point. But we cannot be families that are like ships passing in the night. You might be busy if you yell, hey, it's time to eat. And everyone goes and gets in the car. <laughs> it's just like, where'd they, where'd they go? In the garage, in the car. Ecclesiastes 4.6 says this. Maybe so, but it's better to have only a little. Listen, it is better to have only a little or do a few things well with peace of mind than be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. Wow, words to live by. So now you're not upset with me. You have to be upset at the word of God if that's where it goes, right? I'm just voicing the scripture here. So maybe we just need to be more uh, diligent and intentionally scheduling things and doing a few things well. All right, number three, managing your three-ring circus, discovering purpose. This is a big one, why we're here, why we're on the planet for everybody. This is a huge one. In fact, you can't discover your purpose without authentic faith. You can't discover why the creator created you and what he created you to do without pressing into the creator. And some of us haven't figured it out because we haven't spent enough time building our authentic faith. And then once you discover who you are, you need to intentionally schedule things so you can do what you were created to do. Make those things priorities. But discovering your purpose is big. It helps you know how to spend your time, steward things well. And listen to me, parents. Parents, you need to focus on that unique thing that distinguishes your kids from everyone else. Everyone has a gift. God created everyone with a unique ability to make a difference on this planet. You need to discover it for yourself, so you're modeling that, and then you need to help discover it in your children. It's your place. And managing your three-ring circus, you need to discover what your kids are good at and get them in the right place. See, our kids don't have to be good at everything. Our kids don't have to be good at everything. They just need to at least be really good at one thing, what they were created to do. I think they need to try their best at everything. Don't get me wrong. In my home, there is an expectation to try your best in school. Make the best grades you can. Try your best. But I know my kids aren't, aren't headed to be valedictorians, and I'm okay with that. But we don't slack off. We work hard to try our best. But listen, I wasn't the valedictorian. Was I, Mom? <laughs> but I tried hard. Thank you. I tried hard. But there were things that were unique about me that my parents helped cultivate and nurture in me, which helps me be here today. And my kids, I have two kids, and you know, if you have multiple kids, they are like night and day. They're completely different. My girls are completely different, different personalities. Guess what? God created them that way, just as he did yours. He created them that way. And we need best efforts out of them, but we need to help them discover who who they're created to be and what they're created to do. And I have children that that are uniquely different. I have one that has a beautiful voice. God gave her a beautiful voice and gift, and we discovered that, so we're nurturing that. We're spending time trying to help her develop that and and really develop her heart for God using her gift for God. That's where the greatest fulfillment is, amen? And so we're trying to help her do that. I have another daughter, my other daughter, who's gifted in other areas. In fact, she's very detail-minded. 
She'll walk into a situation, see everything that needs to be done, not even be asked to do it, and I'm just oblivious to what's going on. Huh, what? I was working on a a renewal ceremony the other day on Friday at uh, home on my computer. I was rewriting a ceremony. I had the privilege and honor of doing someone's 10-year renewal, and I got stuck on my Mac. Those things were happening. I didn't know what was going on on my Mac computer. And so I didn't know what to do. I'm Googling stuff. I can't figure it out. So finally, I text (laughs) my daughter in the other room. (laughs) Hey, I'm speaking to me if anybody else, okay? I'm just saying, all right? And I just text these words, help. And so she came in there and she's like, dad, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. It's my computer. And in two minutes, she fixed it. And she walks out and I'm like, what'd you do? And she just kept walking. And so so I texted her, what'd you do? No, I'm just kidding. And so, and no lie, 10 minutes later, I had, to call, I had to call her in three times in probably 15 minutes. But you know what? She looked at that. She figured it out. No problem. She just is wired different. She has a gift like that. I have one daughter that has that beautiful gift of singing that sometimes gets up here and gets to share her gift with everybody and honor the Lord with it. But she's kind of an introvert. She's real shy if you know her. But I have one that knows all these things about detail and technology and all this stuff, that she's the life of the party. I mean, in 10 minutes, she has the whole room figured out and everybody's following what she does. And it's this amazing thing. But when you find that, parents, you speak to it. Come on, you want to manage your three-ring circus? You speak to that. You are anointed as a parent to speak to the gifts and purposes of God in your children. You know who you are in your home, mom and dad? You're the ringmaster of your three-ring circus. You know what the ringmaster does? He paints pictures. He speaks to audiences and creates this excitement and these expectations based on the words of his mouth or her mouth. You have that power within you to speak out the grand things of God in the lives of your kids. You are the ringmaster to take authority over situations by the words of your mouth, to declare the things of God and to use your words to speak to greatness in them and help them discover and find that and prophesy over them. There's an anointing on your life to do it. Look what Paul said in Acts 20, 24. However, we're talking about intentional scheduling. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, listen to Paul, my only aim in life is to finish the race and complete the task, to complete the thing I was created to do. My only aim in life is to do what I was created to do. You need to discover that task, if you will, in your children and speak to that in their life. Encourage them, paint pictures for them to excel and and do well in and follow the things of God. If I can just figure out what the Lord wants me to do, that's my only aim. And every parent needs to recognize that in themselves and in their kids. Remember, you don't have to be good at everything, but be great at one thing. Be great at what God created you to do. There is something God's called you to do. And so parents, be careful what you say. We just talked about the power of speaking things out. Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building up according to their needs, according to their gift, according to who they are, where they are. You know, honestly, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a friend, when I look back in life, I don't have a lot of regrets, but the regrets mostly that I do have, if you will, come on those moments where I didn't guard what came out of my mouth. Am I the only one? Help me. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Dino, for raising your hand. Uh, Other things, you know, I can't take those back. I wish I could, and sometimes an apology just doesn't seem enough, and can ask forgiveness and repent, but what you can do is do things different the next time. Get it under control. So be careful what you say. Speak life into your kids. As a ringmaster, use your power and influence and your gift and anointing and authority to paint pictures and scenarios of greatness for the things of God, of going beyond the impossible, of not being like everybody else and dreaming big dreams. 
Look at what Jesus said, Mark 10, 16. Mark 10, 16. Here's what Jesus said. He took the children in his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. He took them in his arms, placed his hand on them and blessed them. Understand back in that day when there was a blessing, it wasn't just bless them, bless them. We, we think of it like this way. Come on, just a mob of kids around Jesus and bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. And I'm not even talking about lining your kids up on the way out the door for school or work and saying bless you as you go, bless you as you go. You know what a blessing was in that day? It was a purpose intentional, descriptive statement for their life that spoke to their divine purpose and destiny. So Jesus on every child was laying hands on them speaking to their divine destiny and purpose. And you say, well, he's Jesus. And I would say, hey, he sent his Holy Spirit to be in us, amen? So he abides in us through the person and power of the Holy Spirit. So open your mouth and prophesy and speak to the divine destiny and purpose in your kids, amen? In your kids, we need to be like Jesus. Number four, and that was speaking to purpose. Number four is this, managing your three-ring circus. This is a big one, right relationships. Right relationships, and that implies that there are wrong relationships, and guess what? There are wrong relationships. We love everybody. Everybody has value. Everybody's important, but we don't necessarily have close personal relationships with everybody. I've been in full-time ministry here at Tree for 23 years. I've been on staff full-time for 23 years. I've been the pastor for several of those. I started as a youth pastor in ministry here. I've seen a lot of things, parents and kids, adults. I've seen a lot of things in 23 years. And here's what I've learned. Here's what I know 100% to be true. Every one of us are the sum total of our relationships. Every one of us are the sum total of our relationships, good or bad. You are, you become like who you hang out with. How many times have you ever said that to your kids, right? Or that's been said to you. It's the truth. You are who you become based on the people in your life. My dad always told me, you show me your friends and I will show you what your future will look like. Show me who your kids are hanging out with and I'll tell you what will happen with their life. We need to do a better job guarding the relationships with our kids. And listen, you're not here to be their kid's best friend. You're here to be the ringmaster, and you're identifying different gifts in them, amen? And you're here to run the show. You're in charge of the greatest show on earth, not for it to run you, and identifying their gifts. You know, Three Ring Circus has different acts simultaneously going on, and those are people that are gifted and skilled in a certain way. And so they help them keep focus on who they're called to be. And part of that is the words of their mouth. The other part of that is by protecting the environments that they're in. We need to protect the environments our kids are in. That's why we place such a huge value on the emphasis on relationships. It's the same for adults. You want to know why over 50 life groups are launching in the fall? Because you need right relationships in your life to succeed. You know, want to know why we are excited about 82 men coming to the men's breakfast? Because they had an opportunity to build relationships with people that we hope and believe and pray, but pray for them, encourage them in the things of God. You know why it's important to have a ladies' luncheon, not just to say we have a ladies' luncheon, but so ladies can come and sit around that table of eight or 10 and build relationships with people that will speak into their life and pray for them. Listen, it's about right relationships will make you or break you. And so we do the best we can as a church and place a high value on creating intentional relationship opportunities. We can't make you engage, but we hope that you do. If you get in the right relationships, you have people praying for you, encouraging you in the things of God, and your kids will be no different. Relationships decisions are the best decisions you'll ever make. And you know what? Sometimes we got to model that in our kid, for our kids. We're telling them to hang out with certain kind of people, but... So we have to make sure that we're modeling this. It's our responsibility. 
The question people ask me is this most of the time. Most of the questions I get from people are, what am I here to do and where am I supposed to be in life? Where am I supposed to go and what am I supposed to do? And honestly, and thinking this through and sitting on this, I don't think that's the appropriate question. I think the most important question is not where and what, but who. Who do I do life with and who am I supposed to touch? Because if we don't get that right, the where and the what doesn't really matter. But we need to work on getting the who right. And managing your three-ring circus, you need to get the who right and help your kids get the who right. Proverbs 27, 19, Living Bible Translation, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he's really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. That's the word of God. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools leads you to jail. Okay, it doesn't say that, but it could, <laughs> right? And say, say anything you want there. That's the reality. That's, what, that's, what, that's the truth of it. So right relationships, protect that. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Nothing. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? None. We can pray for them. We can pray for laborers to go across their path. We can witness to them. But listen, we're talking about relationships. So the last one I'm going to need to give you is is an absolute must. This, This may be the most important. And you don't have great relationships without it. Number five, helping manage your three ring circus is this amazing grace. You need amazing grace. Aren't you thankful for amazing grace? God didn't give you just grace. He gave you amazing grace. Why is it amazing? Because it makes no sense. It makes no sense. He took everything I did, everything I continue to do, everything I ever will do, and forgave me. Nobody treats you like that but God. Nobody. But listen, relationships need the same grace. There is not a person on the planet that you won't have to have grace to stay in relationship with. Not one. Not your spouse, not your kids, not your parents. There's not one relationship on the planet that you won't have to have grace to stay in relationship with them. Relationships are tough. They are imperfect. And so we need to recognize that. I recognize that in my own life. I recognize that my spouse, my kids, my friends. I know I've blown it. I will blow it. I know they blow it. They'll blow it again. But we need grace. Let me read you a letter that a son wrote his father speaking to grace. Let me read this. Let me read this for you. Dear dad, it is with great regret and sorrow that I'm writing you. And this was left on the son's pillow. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with mom and you. I've been finding real passion with Stacy and she is so nice. However, I knew you would not approve of her because of the piercings and tattoos and clothes also, she's much older than me. But it's not only the passion, Dad. She's pregnant. Stacy said that we'll be very happy. She owns a trailer in the woods and has a stack of firewood for the winter. We share a dream of having more children. Stacy's opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana doesn't really hurt anyone. We'll be growing it for ourselves and trading it with others in the commune for all the cocaine and ecstasy we want. In the meantime, we'll pray that science will find a cure for AIDS so that Stacy can get better. She deserves it. Don't worry, Dad, I'm 15 and I know how to care for myself. Someday I'm sure we'll be back to visit so you can get to know your grandchildren. Love, Joshua. P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. I'm over at Jason's house. I just wanted to remind you that there are worse things in life than my report card on the kitchen table. 
call when it's safe to come home. Grace, grace, wonderful, beautiful grace. Every relationship takes grace. Listen, the grass is not greener on the other side. Grace will be needed there too. The grass is greener where you water it, but it takes grace. The devil's trying to destroy relationships. Mark 3.25 says this. Mark 3.25. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So the devil is trying to restore relationships, but God's grace is sufficient for every changing circumstance in life. It takes the grace of God. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, listen to this, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as God forgave you. When you put it in those terms and you define it that way, it is really sobering and it is really humbling. See, you can't do it unless you remember how much Jesus forgave you. In fact, let me say it this way, you'll never have to forgive someone more than what Jesus forgave you. You'll never have to forgive someone more than what Jesus forgave you. So whatever think that you can't take anymore, just remind yourself of how much Jesus did for you. His grace is truly amazing. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.